listening to Bevan, a femme over 40, and her friends. With me, your host, Bevan. Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is my very first episode. I want to just acknowledge one of my favorite pieces of startup advice, which was if you're not embarrassed by your first iteration, you waited too long to launch. And right now, I am recording this episode in my bathtub because I have an injury and I need to be in the bath about it. And also, I still want to get this podcast done. And what a great excuse to have poor bathroom sound quality. Even on my little Bluetooth, uh, my blue snowball microphone situation, having poor sound quality in my first episode, only up from here, everybody. It can only get better than in this first iteration. What permission giving. This single piece of advice last year, 2018, just like became the theme for the year where basically I was like, if mediocre white men in the tech industry can figure out this iteration thing, like where they just try something and it fails and then they try something else and it fails and the failure has nothing to do with their worth or their value or like whatever inherent situation they have going on in the universe. They literally do not ponder their value. They just keep trying or at least like if they are pondering their value, it's not slowing them down. So I think... I can just try stuff and see where it goes. I got a strong calling to start a podcast again. This is my second podcast. I had one from 2008 through 2011. I stopped doing it. It was called FemCast, The Queer Fat Fem Guide to Life. I did it with a bunch of friends as correspondents. It was really fun, but it was very high production value with a lot of segments. And that meant that it cost a lot in terms of time equity to produce like 60 hours for every one hour of content um, was how much I was putting into this podcast. And it was unsustainable. I didn't have the capacity for it. So when I got the call to do a podcast again, meaning when I just couldn't stop thinking about having a podcast and how like it just kept showing up for me again and again. And then now I've got a podcast editor who's going to help me slice everything together and get it uploaded. Like the time is now. Yes, universe. I hear your call. I will do the thing. So here I am having a podcast. Why I call it Bevan, a fam over 40 and her friends. Uh, First, my name's Bevan. I am a queer fat femme identifying human being who lives in Los Angeles, California. I moved here from Brooklyn uh, three years ago, and it still feels like a whole nother world. I feel like I've entered into a new era of living here. I felt like a newbie in town for a long time, and there's still a lot about LA I still don't know. But I do feel like I live here now, and I feel really removed from who and how I was when I lived in New York. And I just turned 40 years old, which is really exciting. I am... So excited to turn 40 that I decided to give myself as a present the ability to change my name. And it all kind of ties into like where I'm at in my life right now, which is my partner of six years broke up with me two and a half weeks ago. And it is still very heavy on my heart. Obviously, there is a lot of unknown about the future, but sometimes when we are nervous about the future, or rather when I'm nervous about the future, digging into who I am in the present and just getting to know myself a little better helps me have more sure-footedness in that one next right step I have to take. Because I know what my future looks like way ahead of me, but I don't really know what it looks like in a week. So it's interesting how I can just take that next right step. So if the 
uh, universe is telling me start a podcast, I'm starting a podcast. The last time I started a podcast, I'm just making this connection now. The last time I started a podcast was in 2007 was when I started it, but I didn't launch until 2008. Uh, it was right after my fiance left me the first time. The first fiance I had also did not get married. Also, um, he broke up with me pretty spontaneously instead of doing the work with me uh, on our relationship. So my mom told me as advice over Thanksgiving, she said, uh, Bevan, you need to really lean into an art project. And she thought she was telling me to like do some collage, but I was like, no, I'm definitely going to take on an ambitious podcast. And so I did that and it was great. It actually really did help keep my mind focused because I notice in these times, uh, even just today, two weeks and a half after this breakup, my ex partner slash fiance is in Hawaii on a trip we were supposed to take together. And I uh, declined to continue to go on that trip with her because I needed to stay in town and make money uh, for my new life. I had to teach aerobics. And I didn't want to take a vacation right now because it's not free when there's emotional labor. And my emotional labor is valuable. And here we have it. That's what you get to have in your breakup. You get all this extra time. All that time you spent working on your relationship, now you get to spend it working on yourself. And improving your life in that way. Like, I started therapy, like, a month and a half ago with Pride Counseling. Not sponsored. I pay my own $65 a week to it. And it is an incredible investment I make in my mental health. My therapist is amazing. We're doing cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically, like, kind of like one-on-one Al-Anon in some ways. Um, And I really enjoy it. And... And also, what's interesting is having a therapist go through your breakup with you because, like, the right before we broke up, I was telling my therapist all this stuff about, like, how, you know, I was going into therapy, like, working on this relationship and, like, really trying to figure out how to meet her needs better and, like, all of this stuff and really, like, had the best of intentions. And I leave that relationship knowing that I did the actual best that I could have at any given moment. I was the best that... I could possibly be, and I only got better. I did so much improving on myself while in that relationship. I think our relationships are often great teachers of us because there's things about us that we only understand in relation with another human being. And so sometimes those things are stuff that's like a non-negotiable. Like eventually you realize, oh yeah, I'm just never going to be okay being treated this way, so this is a hard boundary. And when that person crosses that boundary again, It's not worth moving forward. Like, those are sometimes things you need to make decisions about. And also, like, really trusting the energy that you're having with another human being. And also, simultaneously, sometimes people, you're coming up against people and your anger, your frustration is like an information emotion that can help you see something that needs to be healed in you, which is not necessarily about the other person, but maybe triggered by the other person. And sometimes we're just mirrors for each other of the work that we need to do. And, like, some people don't like looking in those mirrors. And I don't know, I feel really, I did some great work with my therapist about reviewing my relationship. And I asked the questions, number one, what did I like about the relationship? This, these were journal prompts, this was homework. I love doing my homework. What was great, what did I like about the relationship? Uh, what didn't I like about the relationship? What felt healthy? What didn't feel healthy? And then the last one is like, what... Oh, man, I forget the last question, but it was basically like, what do I want next time or or what are some areas like to look for next time? 
And then basically doing those questions really helped me understand and actually have a lot of appreciation for my relationship. I would not have been in this relationship for six years if it wasn't awesome. Like we had so much fun together, um, even through adversity. Like we went through her going through, she was, she had breast cancer. So she went through chemo radiation and, um, uh, two lumpectomies surgeries. And then right after that, her father passed away. And so like, that's what a way to meet somebody's immediate family, right? Like at dad's funeral. And so that happened. We got home from that. And my beloved Shih Tzu Macy had a ruptured disc and had to have back surgery for a little dog. Oh, she was only nine years old. It was a time. So it was like all those things happened at once. It felt like we were in this epic shitstorm. But also, it was kind of the best year of our relationship. We had so much fun together, and we really, like, made it our mission together to, like, enjoy those experiences and, like, have a high-vibe time. And then in 2015, things kind of, like, the shitstorm ended. We got a little homeostasis. The dog was doing better. She gained, she gained about 90% of her mobility back. And then we decided to move to L.A. because uh, my ex had always wanted to move to L.A., uh, had lived here for a couple years after college and moved us across the country. And I gave up my law practice because I knew being a lawyer wasn't my calling. And I couldn't, in good faith, ever be a lawyer again once I moved away from where I was a lawyer. So for me, it's just such a hardcore value to live my truth and to live my authenticity. And once I realized something's not a good fit for me, every time I try to fit myself into that ill-fitting mold, it makes, like, I get a specific sensation in my body, a terrible revulsion for trying to do or be the person that other people want me to be that is not who I'm meant to be. And I have done years, 20-plus years of self-reflection work to figure out exactly who I am and be me on purpose. So... Moving away from being a lawyer, maybe I needed the excuse of going with a partner, and I couldn't just, like, decide on my own. And so that's totally valid, like, because that's what happened to me. Like, you know, this is my experience. So we've been out in L.A. Uh, we had a little shit storm again. A friend of mine uh, chose to end her life via suicide. Um, I got a cat. Like, I got a grief cat. Like, Biscuit Reynolds is my cat, and he was my grief cat when I got him because my friend had... Uh, passed and then my grandmother got sick with cancer and I was just like this is my grief cat um, grandmother passed away from cancer really swiftly and we were my grandmother was like one of my besties I really loved and adored her I will never get over losing her and I am so grateful I got to be living in LA uh, and so close to her for the last year of her life and I, I can never repay the ability to be here and to have made the choice to live in LA for that time but then after that, immediately after we got home from her funeral, our landlady decided to sell the home that she had owned in her family for 50 years, five zero years, had been in her family since she was a little girl. She decided during our tenancy was when she was going to sell. Just that luck. Um, also, simultaneously, her daughter was selling meth outside of the house that shared our driveway. So it was really stressful to live next to people who were selling meth in case you've never had that experience. Some of the best advice I got as a young person was to never trust a tweaker. The reason why uh, is because a tweaker, someone who uses methamphetamine, is someone who will always prioritize methamphetamine over literally anything else, including themselves. So there is no self-preservation. There is no relationship preservation. There is simply methamphetamine preservation. And that's why you never trust a tweaker, and you don't want to share a driveway with them. They're not very conscientious neighbors. And 
I, that was a harrowing experience. I went up to San Francisco for my friend's memorial service and had to leave immediately the next morning because our pet sitters had decided to abandon our pets in our home overnight because they were too afraid of our methamphetamine neighbors. So that was stressful. And like, then we had to find a new house and housing in LA is scarce and rent is going way up. And we looked and looked and looked and looked and never settled because nothing felt right until we found the current palace in which I am recording this in my bathtub because a bathtub is a non-negotiable item of my self-care. And so every house I live in has to have a bathtub. It's just like a hard and fast rule. And even when I was really broke, I managed to be able to always have a bathtub. And I'm really grateful for that. And, you know, I'm in this space right now. What's present for me is I am 40 years old. I am aging in reverse. Like, I really feel like I am experiencing the world younger and younger as I continue to grow in wisdom, which I think is just such a beautiful place to be in in my life. This year, I am changing my name. So... Originally, this was inspired because Dara, my partner, who I've been talking about, and by the way, she's broken up with me before. Like, we broke up six months after we started dating. So she knows what it's like for me to process a breakup in public. And so this is, like, with total consent. I've blocked her on all social media because that's what she asked me to do. And here we are making a podcast about my breakup. So this the whole podcast is not about my breakup. The whole podcast is just about, like, what it's like to be me and my friends uh, right now, because I am exactly who I am. I have a lot of amazing friends with a lot of wisdom, and I would love to share and make connections with people. I have some very, very smart friends. I've already recorded, as I'm recording this now, I've previously recorded three really great episodes of my podcast with my friends. So I'm excited to share them with you. As stated before, re-recording this episode one, because I just didn't want to launch with the episode I had recorded all about how Dara and I had changed our wedding date and like what it meant for me when our relationship went off the rails in October. I will share that eventually, but right now that's too real and raw. So our first episode is going to be me now in the present talking to the future you and also referring in the past to other things I will eventually air on this podcast. It's so complicated. It's like the Matrix, but if you know you're in it, you have the power. So, anyway. (laughs) It might be time for a music break. I would love to have you listen to my friend Megan Tondas singing this year. I just have so many intentions for this year. I'm really excited. And I also, just one of my favorite things in the world is... Making new friends can make beautiful art. Thank you, Megan Tonjes. Take my heart now, it put it right in her chest 
thinking he'd have a girl he finally could love best. And I'm gonna be fine, fine, fine. Gonna be brilliant. This year is gonna be better. And you're gonna say this year, gonna be stronger and a braver me. This year, I'm gonna make it. Cause I said I would do all the things you said I never could this year This year I may not be perfection I never claimed to be Maybe if I was thin or beautiful classically All of the things I carry and all of the things I know I know that I will be loved no matter where I go And I'm gonna be fine, fine, fine I'm just gonna be different This year is gonna be better And you're gonna say This year I'm gonna be stronger And a braver me This year I'm gonna make it Cause I said I would Do all the things you Said I never could This year This year Maybe you're the kind Who needs lights falling down Maybe you're the kind Who needs stars Racing to the ground Just to feel the things you Hard to get up, maybe it's hard to speak. Think no one understands you, feel like nobody sees. When the nights dark around you, with all of the things you've lost, know that the hope inside you sometimes is worth the cost. And we're gonna be fine, 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 cause we'll be together. This year is gonna be better, and you're gonna say. Cause I said I would Do all the things you Said I never could This year is gonna be better And you're gonna say This year I'm gonna be stronger And I'm braver me This year I'm gonna make it Cause I said I would Do all the things you Said I never could This year I'm gonna make it Gonna make my way back to you This year Follow Megan Tonjes at Megan Tonjes on most things, and she's linked in the show notes. So this year, I turned 40, hence the name of the podcast, and I'm changing my name as my gift to myself for my 40th birthday. Originally, I was going to change my last name because I was getting married, and then I was like, well, what does that do to my stage name? 
Grand Landingham is my stage last name, and so Bevan Grand Landingham, what a mouthful. I don't, I'm not saying I'm not deserving of that mouthful, but also I don't think it's necessary. I think people understand that I'm Bevan. I never intended Grand Landingham to be the sticky part of my name, and frankly, like, it's a lot of letters, and I'm tired. <laughs> like, I've written out my name a lot, and people have a hard time pronouncing it, and that's not a reason to conform. Like, I think you should totally have the pronunciation of the name that you prefer, obviously, but I also feel like I want it to be a little conmarried. I want to conmarried my name. I want to simplify it. So I'm going by Bevan publicly. I am going to keep my last name legally because if it's good enough for Madonna, I can do it too. I read about this in Andy Cohen's book that Madonna on Passenger Manifest is just her actual legal name, Madonna Ciccone. So, or is it Ciccone? I don't know. I'm not that much of a Madonna fan. I'm like a medium, like appreciate Take what you like, leave the rest about Madonna. Anyway, I'm I'm choosing to be in my greatness. If Madonna can go by one name, so can I. Like, come on. So I just do, I say this partially because I want to just broadcast so people understand, yes, only use my one name. You don't need to go finding a last name. And two, like, I really want to empower you if there's a name you would prefer to go by to ch- make your choice. I have so many friends who have changed their names for gender affirming reasons, for life affirming reasons, for marriage reasons. There's so many reasons to change your name that are super valid. And if you have a call to change your name, do it. Send a nice letter out to your friends and family. Ask them to uh, help you with this. And goddess bless Facebook. I just... I just want to like put this in the in the universe. I would love for there to be an empathy officer at Facebook who I could just call and talk to about this kind of stuff because I would love for Facebook to be really easy about changing our names on Facebook. But I'm actually afraid to change my name on Facebook because the whole real name rigmarole means they really want your government name on Facebook. And that is so obnoxious. I don't think I should have to give out my government name to the people I'm social media connected to. I mean, I'm old fashioned, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel people shouldn't have to have a last name because I don't want one. So because there isn't even an option for that, Facebook makes things hard to be a person. And I think Facebook should be should make life easier to be a person. And I will say that Facebook is net positive for me. I go live on Facebook almost every day. And that's a platform that they make available to me. I return the favor by making great content for them. So win-win Facebook. But that's just the, trying to be forward-facing with just the name Bevan when I can't sync up my Facebook is a hassle because a lot of people are like, oh, Bevan, I'm Facebook friends with her. And then it has to be a memo that I pass that I'm changing my name. But that's, you know, my feedback for Facebook, not necessary. So those of you out there who have been following me for a long time know that I really believe in ask, believe, receive, which means ask for what you want, really believing that it'll happen, and then you will receive the fruits of your conviction. And I kept asking all of my acoustic singer-songwriter friends to create pop music for my aerobics classes, and they were all, like, a little baffled when I asked them. And then my friend Troy, who's an Instagram influencer, just suddenly decided to become a pop star and has made so many cute hits that I am enjoying. And this next one, geez, I had the incredible honor to be in the music video performing as a pageant judge of toxic masculinity. And I have to say, judging toxic masculinity comes really natural to me. Um, hi, yeah, this hyper-masculine, arrogant, possessive, male-entitled thing, we're done with that, yeah. 
this man of the house, mansplaining, sexist, fuckboy, mask for mask, no fast, no femmes, bullshit. Guys, you might not know this, but you suck. And a lot of shitty things are your fault. Oh, this is so much fun. You should be my personal jester. Who you trying to impress, girl? Dance for your queen. Think you're killing it in polyester. I mean... with your friends. It is the anti-toxic masculinity ballad we've all been waiting for. Okay, so for my 40th birthday, in addition to not getting married, I am going to have roughly 12 birthday parties. I am loosely calling them birthday parties, but they're all going to be like different celebrations, celebrating things in my life. I have a real tendency, and I don't think I'm alone in this, to finish a big thing and then not celebrate it like properly or finish a big thing and then like never market it because I did the thing. And so now I'm moving on to creating the next thing. 
I know like marketing is so hard, but marketing is so key. And I actually really enjoy events and parties. I really love to curate a social event because I get a lot of social anxiety. Crowds are really stressful for me, uh, both for accessibility issue reasons and also just like I'm a really sensitive empath. And so all that energy can be really hard depending on how the crowd is. So when I create my own uh, events, I know how to curate energy and I know how to curate a safer space and be mindful of accessibility issues. And I love creating these types of environments, especially to celebrate cool stuff happening. So this year, I'm going to celebrate a lot. I want to have 12 40th birthday parties. I've already had one. I had one in December. And I want to do an inner child party that's like a little tea party. I want to do at the American Girl Store. I want to do um, a, a sort of poolside bikini party in Seattle that my friend Jake from Functions and Gatherings is creating. I'm having a big Atlanta birthday Dirty South party that my bestie Rachel is throwing for me in Atlanta. My friend Bridget is throwing me a really cute party in Minneapolis. She and her wife Charlotte throw very elegant soirees. I can't wait for that one. And so I have a lot on my birthday agenda. I am also doing an international no diet day party on May 4th in Los Angeles. You can get tickets. It is going to be so much fun. It's the official launch party for the Fat Dance Party workout videos. There will be some compliment stations. There will be past hors d'oeuvres. There will be lots of fun, lots of interesting people. And it's a no pants party. So it is like lingerie, cute underpants, sheer clothes, like basically like helping people have a reason to get out of their comfort zone and celebrating all the bodies that we have. Because seeing people enjoying the bodies that they have is itself an act of liberation that is a feedback loop. So when I'm a body that's non-normative in a space with mostly non-normative bodies who are also celebrating those bodies by wearing no pants, we are all winning in the game of amplifying each other's vibes and like feeling good in the bodies we have today. It's a practice to be in your after. And I've used the term before and after to mean energetic. It is not about changing anything about your body. It's literally about changing how you inhabit the body you already have. And our bodies are always changing, no matter what. Like, right now, my full physical body is going to be completely different seven years from now. I will be sitting in a bathtub probably, probably still talking. But I will be a whole different human being. And that's just part of cellular change. We are literally all aging. We are all only temporarily able-bodied. Our bodies are constantly changing. And yet we have a very fixed mindset as a culture about what a body is supposed to look like. So when we choose to inhabit the bodies that we have with liberation, we help other people see that that's possible and we spread the message of liberation, both to people who are already on that path and for people who, for whom they've never even considered a liberation path. I love doing stuff like this and I think real life connections, this is why I'm doing a Fat Mermaid creation camp where we're taking pictures underwater. This is why we're doing a Fat uh, Dollywood trip where we're going to examine what it's like to be fat and take up space in public. That is from July 1st through July 7th. I'm co-hosting it with Anna Chapman, a yoga instructor from Portland, Oregon. And that is in Dollywood, in Tennessee. And you can grab tickets for that at fatkiddanceparty.com slash retreat. All of the events and things that I'm talking about here, if they're open to the public, are all going to be on com on the tour page. So that is your place to find all events, Bevan. I believe in an IRL event. 
I'm doing a class in Atlanta, um, tied to, but not the same as my birthday party. That will be later and a lot more intoxicated. But the class is going to be <laughs> during the day. And it's going to be a great aerobics class with a little twist to have a, a special guest instructor that I'm working on getting. And so you can find more info about that April 6th on my website. And also just hearty shout out to any of you who are listening to this in the way future for whom April 6th, you're like, what year? And I will say 2019. Maybe you're listening to this in like 2020, you know, who knows? But I really appreciate a Virgo or a Capricorn, like a solid earth sign moment where you're like, no, I have to start it from the beginning. I'm starting it from the beginning. So shout out to you starting it from the beginning, who for whom all of these dates are things that happened in the past. And you can probably see gallery pictures on the Fackett Dance Party Instagram or Facebook pages and, uh, you know, vicariously experience the party. Maybe we're on like our fourth annual mermaid camp in the future when you're listening to this. I don't know. So part of turning 40 is having all these birthday parties. Bevan, why are you having so many birthday parties? I'll tell you why. Why not? Like, I felt like not enough of my close friends were able to make it to my first 40th birthday party. And I was like, scratch this perfectionism that is flaring. Why don't I just give myself a break and just have 12 lower key birthday parties? It It started out as five because... My friend Heather McAllister passed away when I was like 27. She died of ovarian cancer. And I was really shaken up by it. She had five funerals in different cities. Some were immediate funerals. Some were memorial services. She had a remarkable imprint in her short life. And I remember she seemed much older than me. But it did occur to me if I passed away when I was 39, would I have five funerals? And I just always clocked that question. And then when I turned 40, I was like, okay, now I'm done. I can't possibly have passed away at 39. I'm now 40. Would I have had five funerals? And I was like, I don't know. But I can see how many birthday parties I can have, which is why I started with five. And then at my first birthday party, I just decided to expand my vision and pop into 10. But look at how easily all these events are rolling out for me. I am also doing a self-care camp this summer. I really want to invite, if you are listening to this and we are real life friends, you are especially invited to this, but like anyone who feels connected to this mission can also come. Uh, everything I do, by the way, for retreats is by application. Um, I'm really looking to get people who are in the vibe of doing self-care and being meaningf- meaningfully involved in improving their relationship with self-love. I really don't want anything about this to be about I don't know. I don't know what exactly I'm weeding out, but I'm certainly like setting an intention and curating a space and I know what I'm looking for. So the retreats application is how we're doing it. And there's also just like the people who are drawn to this are drawn to this for a reason. And that's all I really need to hear. But I am really looking to create a space for self-care camp where we can all gather, be the best and truest version of ourselves, like a real practice space for being our authentic selves. And Eating amazing food together, because eating food together as fat people and fat-centered events, even if not everyone is fat, because people, like, whole families are invited. Like, if you want to bring your partners, bring your partners. But everyone who's an adult has to apply. So I really want to have these environments where we celebrate together, we learn together, and we are in a fat-centered environment eating food together. Because food is such a traumatizing and meaning laden exercise that everyone has to do every day and fat people are really punished for 
And it is liberating to learn how to eat in public again. And it is liberating to learn how to not give any fucks about what people think about what you are eating and just sit and be present and enjoy your food because you are meant to enjoy this one precious life that you have. So that's what I'm trying to do with these events. No big deal. But I hope that this is going to be second week of August. It's going to be over a weekend. I'm renting out a summer camp. I haven't exactly figured out how I'm paying for it, but we might just do like a pre-sale on ticket sales. I don't know. But I'm really excited about self-care camp. That has also been a calling for me that has been very, very loud. I've known for a long time I was meant to start a summer camp. My BFF Spunky and I talked about running it together for years. And we have we met at Girl Scout camp when we were 19 years old. And it is important to me to, like, actualize this dream. And so you got to start before you're ready. You're never ready. I feel wildly overwhelmed by creating a summer camp, but I'm doing it anyway. Partially because I want these in-person experiences and having a big camp makes it a lot more financially accessible. So using the time of year where nature makes our space together just uh, multiplied, let's capitalize on that and let's enjoy outside together. This next song is by Tish Hyman. And I picked this song before I was broken up with. And now it's just ever so much more perfect than it ever could have been for episode one of this podcast. Thank you, Tish Hyman, for writing my heartbreak. Never at home, always on the go. Say that you'll call, but you don't. I know what that means. I know what that means. Tossing in bed, sleeping alone. Wake up and you are still gone. I know what that means. I know what that means One look in your eyes and I see it all too well You try to lie but I can tell Thank you I know I should go Say that you're right or you're wrong And I know what that means I know what that means It means we'll pretend Like it's not the end And start this all over again Why are we so weak When we both know Can't hide or disguise I see it all too well You try to lie but I Change wanna say, but you don't know how. Let me do us a favor and tell you now that you. Let me go, let me be, let me be. 
on Instagram and linked in our show notes at queerfatfem.com. In every episode of Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast, I am going to give you a sex tip because I know out there, there are people who are fresh to being queer, who are fresh to being body positive, who are fresh to living a liberated life, who might use some sex education because sex education is sorely lacking And I think that it's important to incorporate sex positivity into our body liberation movements because we all intersect on the body and sexuality is an act of liberation when you work to liberate your sexuality. Today's sex tip is using the term or the phrase, did you come the way you wanted to after sex? So like in your post-coitus, you ask your sex partner, did you come the way you wanted to? And being using this as an opportunity to practice resilient feedback, which means receiving what they say, because in your heart, you want to be an excellent lover for them. And a third of good sex is good communication. So having good communication with your partner, talking about what you liked, uh, talking about what you would like more of, talking about what didn't work for you. These are all good things. Like it is good to get this information so that you can be great at, at having sex because you deserve to have great sex, whether you're giving or receiving. And I think it's a good question to ask both partners. I just want to prompt that for any of you codependent people out there who just want it to be about the person you're doing it to. Um, I really want you to be in your eroticism and what you want to communicate about your bodies too. So I think that feedback is possibly one of the most useful things that we can get from people. Feedback is just information. It does not have to have a value. It took me a long time to learn how to hear criticism as a loving critique versus some sort of failing on my part. And I've seen some people really destroy their dreams by being so defensive that they couldn't hear any critique and end up perpetuating harm because of their defensiveness. So really... I am just so grateful for the work I've done on myself so that I don't feel like my value has anything to do with whether or not I got something right. If I get something wrong or I hurt someone's feelings, I can just iterate into not making those choices again or find new, better, more inclusive ways of doing things, which creates more accessibility for anyone and is a win-win. So I just see people who just destroy their lives by not being able to graciously receive feedback. And I do a lot of coaching work with people about how to learn how to be in that mindset. In every episode of the podcast, I will shout out a queer or social justice ancestor who has made a difference in my life or the life of my guests so that you can know more about our ancestors. This first episode I'm dedicating to Dolly Parton, who may or may not seem like a queer or social justice elder to you, but I think Dolly is incredible. Dolly Parton is my Capricorn inspiration. She decided when she was a young girl, singing into a tin can on a stick, pretending to be on a stage, 
that she wanted to be a big star when she grew up. She barely even knew what that was. There was like a turning point in her life when she learned that makeup was a thing you could wear. And she just really leaned into being herself, even though she was a total weirdo compared to everyone she grew up with. And she just had that determination of her vision, who she wanted to be in the world, and how she didn't know how she was going to get there, but she was going to keep taking steps, even if they meant great risk. So she moved to Nashville immediately after graduating from high school, and everyone was, like, getting up and saying what they were going to do, and she said she was going to go to Nashville and become a big star, and that is exactly what she did. She moved to Nashville. She had tough times hustling for a while, but then eventually she got a break on someone's radio show, and then it all just kept rolling. So Dolly Parton is kind of proof that if you really believe in yourself and you work real hard because she works really hard and also you get a lucky break, which Oprah says luck is the combination of preparation and circumstance or something like that, opportunity and preparation. So it's basically like doing the prep, doing the work, doing all of the next right steps and then suddenly a stroke of luck and everything blows up. If anybody out there who is, like, five seconds from viral can probably really resonate. Like, if you had a viral video, if your whole world would change, then you're a kind of person that can probably see yourself in Dolly Parton. And I really appreciate her as a person who has often stood up for people who were unpopular. Like, she was one of the celebrities who was out there on the front lines with folks who had AIDS. She was one of the first celebrities out there with folks who are trans. She has been a queer supporter since before it was mainstream popular thing to do. And I, she is out there really making a huge difference in lives. She's teaching people. I went to her concert a couple of years ago, and she just basically talked about her mom and why her mom was great, which was because she let every child be exactly who they were. So that's just... Dolly telling this huge swatch of audience that she has because she has such wide appeal, telling all those people to love their kids no, no matter who they are, which I think is super important and really, really helpful as someone who is like an outward ally to the queer community. But I will also tell you on the low, I met Dolly Parton in person and she rubbed her acrylic nails up and down my butch friend's arm, complimenting her tattoos, super flirty. And frankly, I have read her autobiography, My Life and Other Unfinished Business, which was published in the 90s. And I've read it a bunch of times. And it just really seems like it really could be a pansexual, queer, polyamory narrative. I'm just saying that. Like, I'm not outing her because I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like I get a vibe from Dolly and my vibes aren't really that wrong. So... This is Kitchen Talk because I'm in my bathtub and I just feel like you get the realest information from people when they're hanging out with you in a tub, which is why it is my life's goal to sit in a hot tub with Dolly Parton and get all of the dish because I really appreciate her amazing life, all the risks she's taken. And if I can be so excited about seeing someone's career, and I just have to say, go spend five hours at the Chasing Rainbows Museum at Dollywood and really get to know or read one of her books, especially that autobiography. Like, Dolly has so much to offer in terms of wisdom and grit and how to live a purposeful, meaningful life and have good boundaries. Like, Dolly has it all, and she has a lot to teach. And I'm really excited that she has paved the way for women so much in the industry that she's been in. And she is, like, nailing the game. Like, Dolly Parton's an icon, a legend. She is busier now at 73 years old than I think probably in a long 
long time in her career. Like she's always worked hard, but she has so many hustles going on right now. And her social media is popping. Like whoever's doing her Instagram, A plus, you're doing great. Wow, Dolly. I could talk forever about Dolly, but this is not a Dolly Party podcast. Although there will be Dolly content, let's be honest. I'm excited to introduce you to all of my friends and my friends' elders that are important to them. And like, I'm excited for this to be like a collaborative uh, herstory, hickstory, history project where we celebrate all of our queer and social justice ancestors. May they be forever remembered um, in our future generations. Because what we're here for is to leave a better imprint than the one we found. We get to inherit this. We get to create and liberate in our time, and then we get to become ancestors ourselves. So I really love being what my friend Laura Luna calls uh, a melder. I think she got it from someone else. But being a melder is just like an in-between generation. It's like maiden mother crone. I feel definitely in my mother season, and I'm excited to like teach people about what I know, and I'm excited to continue to learn because I have so much to learn, and I'm so excited to learn it. I want to give a special shout-out to Wednesday Gallo, who edited this episode. I want to give a shout out to all of my Patreon supporters. I love getting to connect with you over in our self-care Facebook group and hearing about your self-care journeys and what's important to you right now. I love getting to do Facket Dance Party with so many people every week, having an audience at home who connects with me and connects with what I'm saying and what I'm talking about and how we're improving our lives and improving our relationships with our bodies. That connection means so much to me, and I'm so grateful for you supporting the work I do and helping me continue to be myself on purpose so that I can help liberate folks to love themselves more, because you all deserve it. You deserve to love yourself today. You deserve to love the body you have today, not the body you had 10 years ago, not the body you think you should have, but the one you have today, and that is what Fat Dance Party is here to help you do. I also want to give just big thanks to all of my friends everywhere. I love you so much. My friends are my favorite form of wealth. I've just connected with so many great people in this life that I've had, and I'm looking forward to connecting with so many more, especially through this podcast, and especially to get to share it with each other, because I really want us to just keep building a network of people who believe that a better world is possible and who are working towards making it a better world, even if that's like helping the water, even if that's helping direct services with people as a therapist or like a direct healer, or if that's just raising badass kids who know exactly who they are and what they can be and have an ethic of like being present in a really diverse world and empowering each other. So anyway, you know, just a few little goals I have. Um, I hope you all, wherever you are, are feeling loved and worthy exactly as you are. You are so valuable. You are so kind. You are so important. Thank you so much for listening.